This is Sam Lewis of Bispo's Podcast. Featuring locals, legends, and leaders. Welcome to Slow Pod. What's up, San Luis Obispo? Welcome back to Slow Pod. We've been gone for a minute, but a lot of things have changed, gone on. But we're back upon request, and this is going to be kicking off season two. And I'm sitting here with my friend, Emerson Trout. What's up? How are you, Braden? It's been a long, long time, but it's great to be back on the mics. We are sitting here today with Jake Wynn, one of our great friends from high school, who's recently back from Duluth, Minnesota. That's correct. What's up, everybody? What's up, Jake? What's up? I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I love to have you in the pod. What do you think of the new studio? I like it. I wish I got to experience the other one, but uh, but I like this setup, too. Yeah, I mean, just uh, I think we should just start with giving you guys a little bit of updates on our lives. So we haven't recorded for a while because we were, work- we were working out of a studio we had, and we had to move out. And so I've since then also moved to a new apartment here in Shell Beach, the wonderful Shell Beach. And I'm turning this place into the cave, I guess. I guess that's where we're at. You got the surfboard quiver in the back. San Anz is just down the street. Yeah, it's about four steps from the beach. It's not a bad Gee, place guys, to be. Guys, I, I cannot complain. But the only thing I can complain about is the fact that I do not have a dishwasher. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you don't know until you don't know that you don't have a dishwasher. And it's made me kind of reevaluate my cooking. I've started cooking less and less and finding, <laughs> finding out better ways to not make dishes. Such as supporting your local community through uh, Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> been getting a primetime membership lately. But um, yeah, lately I've been making smoothies. I wouldn't call them a smoothie. I'd yeah, you were telling me about this smoothie grind you're on. <laughs> more like nutrients-dense shakes. It's more like a milkshake than a smoothie, huh? Yeah, it's more like a ground-up hamburger more like than anything else. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that's been doing that. I've been putting oats... What is it? I got oats, bananas, chia seeds, flax seeds, almond milk, and spinach. And spinach. And protein powder, which I'd highly recommend if you want to get in shape. But other than that, it's not that good. I, I took that a step further, and with my girlfriend, we started Herbalife, which is just like ready-made meal shakes. Okay. And all you have to do is just put this powder, some almond milk, throw it in the blender, and it's good. You don't have to have, you don't have to add ingredients. They've already done it for Are these you. No like way. It's like little packs. Yeah, it's, it's like super easy. Things? They're kind of like soylent. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what soylent is, they're like meal ready shakes. <laughs> they're fire. A lot of people really hate them, but I really enjoyed them. Wait, what is soylent exactly? Because I remember a while back. There's a huge. I was going hard. Because I, I remember you were saying, "All I need to eat is soylent," and I was like, "They like replace it, the I would meal do. It's something. a meal replacement, and it basically is like eliminated my need to just spend time cooking or going and spending money to eat because it's like. You get them for like a dollar fifty a shake, and it's like you can eat them for every single meal of the day. Each bottle is one fifth of everything you need for you to survive. Emerson Trout, everyone, a man made on Soylent. It was, it was a great time. Yeah, I never had to cook, never had to clean. Did it taste good? It, I think it tastes fire. A lot of if a lot the, of people say they don't. The I, best. I personally have never liked them very much. <laughs> the best way I can describe how the original flavor tastes is like, if you were to have the whole wheat Cheerios without the honey sitting in some milk 
and then you ate the Cheerios after a while, but then drank the milk. That milk is what it ta- what they taste That's like. That's actually exactly what they taste like. Yeah, it's crazy. Really? That's a great comparison. Thank try, you. try some of this. Fordham. Also, one of my my new place, I bought a carbonator, aka a CO2 tank in my room, and I've just been bubbling water. And we're here for it. Yeah, we're here for it. Tastes pretty good. Could turn this wanna, in, could turn this into a business one day. <laughs> if you ever want to feel classy, just put bubbles in your water. <laughs> that's a and, ultimate quarantine activity. And circular cubes. No, that's wrong. Cir- Spherical cubes. <laughs> <laughs> Still wrong. Have the uh, ice. Have you picked up any hobbies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you picked up any hobbies during quarantine, Jake? Uh, you know, it's been a weird time because I was out in Minnesota for the beginning of 2020 and then unfortunately was kind of the most recently hired and most quickly fired because the company went into some hardships like a lot of companies did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I came back to California and started hanging out with, you know, old friends and getting into a lifestyle where I just enjoy each day. I've been playing a lot of disc golf. Yes, sir. Been surfing a lot bought a mountain bike and been mountain biking a lot too it's been it's been good you know just kind of passing the time waiting for this whole deal to blow over which may or may not happen (laughs) yes sir eventually yeah so i put nine to resume man of many hobbies Mm -hmm. that's the plan you got to tell me (laughs) what is it like in minnesota so move from san luis to minnesota well i'm a san luis boy born and raised so it was a pretty jarring shock especially when i went there for the interview in december Mm. Yeah, I got off the plane and it was about minus ten outside, <laughs> and I was yeah, I was I was not prepared for that, but I had a great interview, got hired, um, but I just so I didn't get there until like March when things were warming up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite minus ten; it was like thirty. <laughs> and then, and then by the time I was you know getting in the swing of things, it was warming up. Days weren't so bad, but there were snow days. Um, and then actually when I just went back recently to go get my stuff out of my apartment, it was nice. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, mid-70s and beautiful outside. I've always wanted to know, what does an aerospace major interview look like? Do was, you have to design a rocket on the spot? Shockingly, no. <laughs> they probably should have asked me to, though. <laughs> no, it was very, like, personable. It was more of a... Wait, wait, back up real quick. Yeah. What, what does this company do? Oh, the company I was working for... Um, they make little airplanes, like little four or five seat airplanes, kind of like a, mm. like a Cadillac of airplanes. Custom, so, oh, gotcha. like, like nice, custom built, like nice kind of luxury style planes, but they're not like super jets or anything. Say, Emerson and I have been looking for a plane lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slow pod. Well, I'll, I'll hook you guys Decal up. Decal on the get, side. Get back in there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a cool company, and I was I was stoked to work for them for as long as I did. But mm-hmm. you know, so far outside my control, I'm not really that bummed that I'm back. Yeah, I mean, and I'm and I don't have to deal with the cold anymore. Yeah, I was so. gonna say get one more California summer. Exactly, exactly. Was, or many more. Was the decision to move to Minnesota led because this was like your best opportunity, or was it because you wanted to get out of the area? Both. Both. I mean, yeah, like I said, being from here and going to school at Cal Poly makes you kind of go like, man, I I just want to go somewhere else. Like, mm-hmm. been, get out of the bubble. Been, been here my whole mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So I was like looking for jobs outside of San Luis, outside of California. And this is a cool company that I was really stoked about since, I don't know, maybe I was 16 or something like that. I was oh. like, oh, they make cool stuff. I would love to work for them someday. They came down came down the pipe, and I got an interview, got a job. Um, yeah, they're, they're a cool, cool place to work at because they do some cool stuff. They make nice planes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What is 
what is it now? What does the job market look like now for aerospace say, engineers? Oh, I was going to say, I think you recently got a pretty sick job recently just now, right? <laughs> yeah. So, well, let me answer your question first. <laughs> the aerospace market did, did get hurt a little bit, just like everything else. Makes sense. You know, and especially this company I was at because they're, they're marketing towards the like, not the uber wealthy, but the like, you know, they can buy nice stuff kind of wealthy. So whenever the economy tanked and everything was like dropping, that's the market where mm -hmm. they're not, they're not so wealthy that they're going to stay wealthy. Right. No matter what the economy does, they're like, Oh, you know what? I was thinking about buying a million dollar airplane, but now I'm going to back off. This is a gate. This is a gateway plane. Yeah. To <laughs> totally. gateway plane. Totally. Like it's a baby steps up to the big stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. This so, is like, I would like a plane, but I'm not Jeff Bezos. Exactly. Okay. Jeff Bezos isn't even worried about planes anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> on another level. He's like some yeah, crazy, do you have any crazy idea? money. Is it just no end in sight of when the aerospace market might come back? Well, it's all about like which type of aerospace you're talking about. There's mm -hmm. some markets where it's booming and then some where it's not. Like, so this airplane company I was at, obviously it suffered a blow, mm -hmm. but there's the markets where... This, uh, there's another job I'm looking at and talking with two right now. They're building like the next phase of um, urban transportation with like air taxis. So they're building these That's like fire. flying cars, flying cars, kind of flying car <laughs> things. Yeah. They look crazy too. They're all, so, wait, so they're actually flying cars. They're not meant to go on roads. They're not Are they like mega drones. Essentially? They're like, they're like six seat vertical takeoff and landing helicopter things. VTOL. VTOL, yeah. And they're all electric. Yeah. So they're EVTOL. EVTOL, vertical takeoff landing. They kind of hover up. They, you like load them full of people. They hover up. And then they shift into like airplane mode mm -hmm. where they tilt their propellers forward. Mm -hmm. And then they fly to wherever they're going. And then when they're going to land, they tilt them back up and <laughs> land vertically. Isn't that like the Osprey? Or what is that called? Osprey, Osprey does that, yeah. yeah. Osprey's the military. I've heard those are like the hardest things to fly in the yeah, whole Yeah, I was going to say, aren't yeah. those things super because dangerous? Because they have no, uh, um, what's it called? A no glide. So if you lose your propellers, they, they pretty much fall out of the sky. It's basically a brick, yeah. 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 That's what I and, and it's such a it's such an engineering <laughs> marvel to be able to do that because like helicopters have the, you know, all these equations of motion where this is kinda how they behave in the air. Mm -hmm. And airplanes have a completely different set of equations. Yeah. We we always joke in, in engineering classes that airplanes are like they naturally they want to fly. Like they use the principles of aerodynamics to fly pretty easily all you need to do is put power in front of it so mm -hmm. like it pulls it through the air uh -huh. but helicopters aren't the same they <laughs> helicopters just beat the air into submission until they fly <laughs> you know like airplanes are all graceful and helicopters are like no i'm gonna fly right now <laughs> that always makes me think because just you saying something like that i'm always like oh yeah like if i went back like two thousand years like i'd be bawling like I'd be able to bring all this cool stuff, and then I think it's like I couldn't make a helicopter. Yeah, right. <laughs> How would I actually get cool stuff? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so this is a civilian vehicle, or is this more like a public mode of transportation? These air. Taxis? Could you go out and buy one of these air taxis? Or I'm sure for the price, for if you, <laughs> if you give them the right price, I'm sure they'll sell you one. Because yeah, but, I think that's why there was the whole flying car situation didn't go through because mm. they could do it probably. You. Could probably easily there's, make there's a couple yeah. like yeah. one-off cars that also have wings and can fly. that's what i'm saying yeah. but you can hardly trust people driving nowadays exactly <laughs> i'm not gonna trust you flying over my house for sure no so this company is not a like we're a manufacturer we're gonna make them and sell them mm -hmm. they're making it to like prove that it's possible and then they're gonna become a like a service kind mm -hmm. of like uber mm -hmm. like a like a um 
if you're say you're a, an employee in San Francisco's financial district and you but you live in like Sacramento or you live in Marin or something like that and you got the top floor office yeah or even if you just live you work downtown you can uh-huh. get to like a skyscraper pretty easily like uh-huh. instead of commuting to work by car or bus or BART or whatever you just get on the elevator to the top of one of the skyscrapers hop on one of these um air taxis and just mm-hmm. fly to sacramento in like 20 minutes instead of driving in three hours with traffic and everything i like it it's yeah the, the whole goal is to like improve city congestion and kind mm-hmm. of you know there's a street level where so much transportation is just backlogged so why not go above it mm-hmm. and just create something that'll do that i was gonna say do you have thoughts on elon's boring company Mm-hmm. That's kind of the op- exact opposite. It is go underneath. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I I mean I'm all for improving city congestion in by whatever means. I don't know that much about the boring company other than so, making tunnels. I'll but. tell you about the uh, Elon complex. I yeah. saw a YouTube video on it once. <laughs> all right, let's do it. <laughs> so basically, he's investing in all sorts of <clears throat> different industries that are very futuristic, have lots of potential for a lot of things, but behind it all, it's very synergetic. So first off, think of the uh, L.A. project of boring underneath. He's got the boring company. Let's dig tunnels underground. He's going to dig these tunnels and make highways underground that basically there's gonna, you're not going to be able to have emissions in there because it's going to be a tunnel. You can't have uh, carbon monoxide building up from combustion engines. In order, if you want to skip traffic in L.A., you're going to have to have an electric car to go in his tunnel. And since it's, <laughs> since it's going to be straight path it's a highway guess what in order to drive in my tunnel your car has to drive in the tunnel this is going to be an automatic car only tunnel where basically you're just going to plug into it and it's going to drive itself there because if you're in a tunnel you have no anomalies there's no children crossing the road or anything like that it's you're entering this and you have to be on autopilot when you're in here that's step one Mm -hmm. so that's here on earth then guess what we got spacex we're going to go colonize Mars. We're going to go fly to Mars, land there, dig tunnels with these boring machines. And we're also going to be using solar, which we also have, to make energy on the surface. Well, he also owns a lot of solar city. That's what I'm saying. He mm-hmm. owns solar city. And so he's going to go there. So now he's got energy. He's got underground cars, battery technology, and that is the Elon complex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's going to colonize Mars and he's picking up these pieces maybe he won't but his holograph or drone body after he's dead will (laughs) (laughs) for sure yeah he's an ideas man he's got these great like advanced or great ideas for advances in technology to you know make life on earth or elsewhere easier on the average human would is it a dream for every aerospace major to work for spacex or is it kind of like the this kind of black sheep of the industry I, oh, I mean, yeah. it really depends on who you ask. There are some people that I went to school with that are for sure like, I want, I live and breathe Elon. Like, I want to be the next Elon. Dad, wanna... dad, <laughs> that makes sense. There's, there's some people that have that drive and have that, that passion to mm-hmm. be the next greatest thing, and then there's others that are more interested in just you know, putting in their work and doing other stuff on the side or like hobbies and stuff because, the. SpaceX has a reputation for being really high demand, really grueling work. Like mm-hmm. you basically, you don't oh, have a life work. outside of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's people that that appeals to, and then there's people that doesn't. So yeah, so I had a buddy who worked for him out of aerospace, and I think he was there for four to six months. 
And you're just like, this isn't really what I want to do. Very high turnover at SpaceX. Yeah. yeah. It's just burns either, either here for the vision you're not yeah. here for the vision. And apparently Jeff Bezos's uh, Blue Origin like poaches their top people all the time, just pays them like twice as much and they have to do half the amount of work. But the most famous Elon story about like, he's like, he hates people complaining. Like that's his like least favorite thing. And his top engineer, his like lead engineer or whatever, basically was like leaning underneath, or was like walking and ducked underneath the rocket engine and like scraped his glasses and was like complaining the whole day that he couldn't see. And Elon was like, stop complaining, yada, yada. Next day he shows up before he gets into the car or before he gets into the, into work, a car pulls up and like, he's like, all right, come on, you're getting LASIK. You don't have to wear glasses anymore. And the next day, he picked him up, took him, got LASIK, and then like whenever the turnaround period for when you can come back to work, he was back to work with yeah. no glasses. <laughs> Elon just paid for his LASIK. That is insane. Doesn't he doesn't take complainers? No. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a wild place, but I would honestly love just for like a month to be there and work and just experience what that was like. Just gotta learn how to build a rocket first. Yeah, Shouldn't you be seem, too hard, right? You seem very interested in planes, but less interested in, in aerospace, like the yeah. space part of the aerospace. Yeah, so aerospace is, is, at least at Cal Poly, there's two disciplines. You can study aerospace, which is stuff that goes in space, or aeronautics, which is stuff that stays mm. in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So airplanes, you know, even uh, rockets, like launch vehicles, those are aeronautic vehicles. Mm. Because a rocket is actually a, an air vehicle that gets stuff to space. Mm. space craft and, and aerospace stuff is more you know satellites and spacecrafts that have very specific purposes mm -hmm. um, whereas airplanes are just totally different mm -hmm. and were you i always thought you were aerospace no sorry i was aeronautics so i studied aeronautics. everything within the atmosphere okay yeah you can have this two concentrations so when you're a sophomore so you decide do i want to go space or do i want to go air i went air had all the aircraft design classes, had all the aircraft support stuff, and then the other half of the class did aerospace, and they studied like all this crazy stuff that's beyond me. But you know, spacecraft dynamics and orbital mechanics, you know, all this crazy stuff that I don't know. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> neither do I. I can say what classes they took, but I cannot tell you what those classes are about. <laughs> so, have you loved planes since you're just a little boy? Yeah, I've always been aviation minded. Um, my dad was training to be a pilot whenever I was little, and I was always kind of like, this is the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. He's like, whoa, he's mm -hmm. flying airplanes and stuff. And then, yeah, that kind of inspired me to get my license whenever I was in college. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, just always been aviation-minded and liked the idea of, of connecting uh, airplanes and my aviation, like, passions for or with my, like, aerospace degree mm -hmm. and kind of being able to marry the two wait do you have a pilot's license i do yeah so i got my private pilot's license I started in high school and finished it up in in college all right so what's that like to fly it's pretty fun it's a very rewarding experience um i'm bummed that we haven't been able to go fly yet but i i mean i don't have a plane by any means but it's a uh, super fun super rewarding experience to be able to like you know operate a machine in a totally different realm it's like it's like when you're 16, you just got your driver's license. It's like that. And, and I did some flying when I was 16. <laughs> well, no, in, in a car, of course. That feeling though, where you're like, yeah, I, oh, I just got my license. I'll go run to the store. I'll go run. To the, yeah, like I, oh, I just love it. I want to go drive. I think like, it's probably one of those feelings. I remember when I first got my license. I when I drove back from the uh, DMV when yeah. I had my license, and I got in there and drove on the road. I'm like, 
oh, this is the real deal. <laughs> you and you get I mean? this like surge of, oh, this is like pure freedom. Like, exactly. I can go like, this anywhere. Is where things could happen, you know, I could drive anywhere, you know. But I can only imagine what that's like in a plane where it's... Exactly. So it's that same feeling. It's that mm-hmm. same feeling over again. That feeling where you're coming back from the DMV, you get that same feeling when you're coming back from your, your yeah. flight exam with the with the FAA examiner mm-hmm. who says, check, you're, you're a private pilot. Wow. Like, you passed. You what? fly back on your own account. No instructors are with you. You're just like... Damn, Dang, I, you, I could do this now. Have you flown to travel at all yet? Or have you just gone up for just flights around here? I've gone around locally a few times. I've gone up to San Jose to visit you. Yes, sir. Emerson, um, had some just, yeah, fun trips with friends around the around California. Nothing long distance, though. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I just didn't have the time or the plane or the, plane or the money to go <laughs> that far. Yeah. But trips to the, around the Bay and trips kind of around the coast, game on dude that's legit yeah super fun you said you started in high school ended in college what is the process financially and like actual activity that it takes to get a pilot's license for someone who might be interested sure yeah it's i mean it's not cheap so how much we talking total for the whole process you know it's it's hard to say because you can do it the right way or you can do it the way that i did it <laughs> so fair if you know that you want to get your license and you know that you'll have a need for it or something to do with it once you have it then you just save up a ton of cash on like something in, to the order of twenty five thousand dollars save up that or half of that and then just put down all of it in the beginning and say I want to get my license, go to flight school, put down the money, say, I want to get my license. Here's all this cash. Just eat away at that while I'm learning. That way you can schedule um, lessons like two, three times a week and not worry about what, where the money's going to come from for your next lesson. And when you do that, you don't have to uh, kind of refamiliarize yourself with what you learned last lesson because the lesson was like two days ago mm-hmm. if you do what i did more so you, there's more time between each lesson where you're like okay i took a lesson and then you build up you save up the cash to pay for another lesson then you save up more cash and it's like weeks to two weeks between each lesson that is one way to do it but you spend the first like 30 minutes of each of each lesson um kind of going over what you did last lesson because you kind of forgot it all at that point. So that ends up... It's not like you want to forget something. Right, exactly. (laughs) So if you can... How do I I use the landing brakes? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Um, Yeah, so if you can save up the money early and just put it all down and take lessons routinely, Mm -hmm. then you'll learn a lot faster and it'll end up saving you a lot of money. Yeah, it'll probably be less of a burden too. If you've saved it up and you're like, all right, now I'm going to do this. For sure. Rather than like, I got to float rent, but I I want to do my next step in my lessons. Exactly. Yeah, so right. did you have to do more lessons than you could have if you'd done it the right way? Yeah, so what happened to me was I started in high school and I was fortunate enough to have some cash and some money left from my grandparents to be like, to put towards whatever like mm-hmm. educational thing I wanted and I chose this. Mm-hmm. And so I put down a, some money in high school and was like, you know, I'm going to let you guys eat away at this while I learn. And I got all the way up to my first solo and after that kind of ran out of cash and so i was like i'm maybe a third of the way done but i'm out of money so like i gotta wait a long Mm -hmm. time to Mm -hmm. get back into it so what i ended up doing was starting back up in college and i just started from the beginning i worked my way up to first solo 
and then to the cross country stuff and then to the final check ride. So I kind of like started early, but then ran out of cash and then saved up enough into college where I was like, all right, this is all of it. I, this is, I'm just going to get it done now because mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I don't want it to last much longer than this. And do the renew any sort of certifications or that's the crazy thing. Your private, private pilot license never expires. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> never expires. What they do have though is medical exams. You need to have a medical mm-hmm. exam every two years or something like that. I have to check. Um, so it's basically to have a doctor check you out. That says like you're fit to fly. Like you're not blind or you're not, you know, physically ill. First and, blind pilot. Right. <laughs> and then on top of that, there's like flight reviews where every two years you have to go up with an instructor and they have to say, okay, like here's some skills that you need to brush up on because you haven't flown in forever. Or if you have been flying actively, then they're like, oh, you're fine. Like they're just there to check you out, make sure that you're kind of fit to fly still. Mm-hmm. So your license never expires, but you do have these checks and things Makes that. Sense guarantee that you're going to be safe and fit to fly yeah so if something went wrong so right so you have a pilot's license hypothetically speaking you're up there you lose engine and there's a lightning storm how are you coming down does the lightning storm matter if you're in a plane oh sure it, add, it adds intensity <laughs> sure bad weather bad weather is just you just don't want to go near it if you don't have fair to. enough yeah yeah i don't want to go near it's gonna it be, but the lightning ground. itself isn't particularly dangerous because we haven't had a lot of lightning lately so lightning itself it could Totally fry your avionics and all. But your engines are dead. So if you got struck by if you got struck by lightning in the sky, your main worry is losing electricity. It would probably pass through you. It would probably pass through the aluminum shell of the plane. Would you get zapped? It would probably just miss you completely. Yeah. It's looking for the fastest way to the ground. It would go through the metal of the airplane and then straight to the ground. Uh But it, It, it it's a bolt of lightning. It could totally, totally take (laughs) you out. There's videos though of like airliners with lightning passing right through it. Where you see it. I mean, those are built to very different standards, though, where uh-huh. they're meant to take that, mm-hmm. you know, like federal regulations that say if mm-hmm. you're an airline company building this airplane, it's got to be able to withstand this kind of load. Yeah. Electrical load. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Speaking of lightning, you guys see the lightning that happened yeah. last week? Nuts. It's, it's pretty nuts. My mom's California's swim group. On fire. Badly. My mom's swim group was swimming in Avila and in the middle of their swim, lightning struck the pier. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> they were freaking out. They're like, the Coast Guard came. Was, uh, was that last, like the Friday or was that the Saturday? It was the day where it was really heavy lightning. It was yeah. Friday or Saturday. One of those days where it was like yeah. super gnarly. And they were swimming and lightning struck the pier. And then the, it's not Coast Guard. What, what patrols the har- Harbor Patrol? Harbor, Harbor Patrol. Port yeah. St. Louis. Um, <laughs> yeah. Came and like picked him up and we're like, all right, you guys got to go. Like, this yeah. is super dangerous. <laughs> it's canceled. I've yeah, always wanted to know what happens now. if water, if you're in, in the water and lightning strikes. Because like, wouldn't it not well, necessarily go through you because you're not the easiest you, No, path? if lightning strikes next to you in water, you're Right next to you, yeah. But like, if it's like, you know, it over yonder, it yeah. dissipates. Yeah, it dissipates with distance for sure. I yeah. don't know what the relationship is, if it's linear, if it's like, you know, Yeah, that's way, out of my, that's way out of my expertise. Yeah, it just, it'd be one of those things where it spreads out because it's all salt water, right? So it's highly conductive. It's a great conductor. So if you're near it, you're going to get zapped. But basically just go in all directions and dissipate. Right. Um, Whack. But, uh... Yeah, don't I, catch me swimming during a lightning dude, storm. No way. Like, that's not happening. I came back from after we watched the fight at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. I came back at like 10.30-ish, and I parked right out here in Shell Beach, and when I got in my car, all of a sudden, there was just a flash. just like a whoosh. I was like, someone just take a photo of me? Because I didn't, I didn't hear anything, and you know, the paparazzi's generally after me. <laughs> and so I turned around, and I didn't see anyone, and I was like, what was that? And so I'm kind of like walking around, I'm like, all right, something's up. 
and I look and there's another flash throughout the entire sky. I'm like, oh crap, that's that's lightning. And so basically, I'm like, there's some crazy lightning going on, and I never have seen lightning without hearing it before. And so I walk out to the Spyglass Park to the cliffs right there, and I sit down there, and out over the water, like on the horizon, the craziest lightning storm I have ever seen. Just imagine just seeing this huge column of clouds, and every three to five seconds was just like, like three at a time, four at a time, like some coming from super from the heavens, and then just scattering into like five different uh, just fingers of lightning and striking the water out there. Like I'm literally sitting there watching. If, if there was a ship right there, it's literally like Zeus is just hucking lightning bolts. <laughs> That's what out you're there. saying. Yeah, it was Zeus and Poseidon just going at each yeah, other. Yeah, <laughs> just fighting, and uh, that was the craziest. I think craziest natural phenomenon I've ever seen. I sat out there for two hours alone in the dark, just on the <laughs> cliff, just like, oh, I, I mean, it was humbling. Just, yeah, just it was humbling. Taking in the power of nature is pretty yeah. insane. Sometimes, and then I mean, it wasn't just here. I mean, the entire states. Yeah, and then as a result right of those now. lightning bolts, there's some, you some serious damage going on all around the state. Yeah, you couldn't even you couldn't plan that any worse. Mm-mm. Just guess what? You're just gonna get hit with over ten thousand lightning bolts. That's what, that's what Newsom said. It's over yeah. 10,000. It's like a record amount of lightning bolts. That is... Aliens yeah, that's so hectic. Nuts. Aliens are next. Yeah. Did you guys um, hear about the asteroid that's coming? Yeah, 0.043% chance <laughs> of, uh, yeah, of hitting us. Yeah, asteroid coming towards that's Earth. That's pretty high. For, yeah, it's pretty Wait, high. When does it get honest. here? Uh, it's supposed to... Theoretically, it might hit on Election Day, November 3rd or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, so that's coming quick. Mm-hmm. That's like almost yeah. here. It's like about up. half of 1%. Chance. So, that wait, it, but that, that means though us. we're gonna see it for sure. Then, I don't know. Depending right? on where you are, I mean, yeah, what side of the if, earth you're yeah, on at the time? Pretty much, it might it might pass like by us and we don't see it, or it might burn up in our well, atmosphere. I'm saying though, there's might... a chance that it hits us. That means it's probably coming pretty close to us, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. I'm confused. You know? Why can we not? Is it not just traveling in a straight line, just sending it, and we're in an orbit that doesn't really change that much? Why do we not know? Good question. That's a question for my aerospace friends. Right. <laughs> uh, we got we to ring this with the flagpole. We got to figure yeah. it out. Check it out, the solar winds but and the gravity. and. Follow me on this one. You guys ever seen the movie Armageddon? Yes, I love yes. that movie. Problem solved. Problem solved. <laughs> From a theatrical standpoint, that movie's awesome. From a real realistic <laughs> standpoint, that movie's so bad. Yeah, I bet. So bad. One of my professors at Cal Poly would would pretty much yell at you out of the classroom. Are you telling us we couldn't just fly on an asteroid and try to blow it up? So why why would you <laughs> – let's say an asteroid is coming at us. Okay. Why would you train, like, whatever they are, archaeologists or, like, digger people? Wait, I can say dig for oil. Yeah. Like, uh, why would you train them to go to space and not train astronauts how to blow up an asteroid? Well, okay. Obviously, it's a fake movie. <laughs> so we get Elon and his crew. Okay. And Elon's just like, yo, we're going to dig a hole through this thing. And Bruce Willis. <laughs> and Bruce Willis. <laughs> of course, Bruce Willis. Makes the movie right there. But he's coming back this time. With his their oil workers. How's it going down? It's a lot of people You're to get asking up there. me? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, this is what I do. We get Elon up there. Colonizes the asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> we deplete their natural resources until it's nothing left. Until it's gone. And then we're back. Exactly. Problem solved. Just nuke the asteroid. Genius idea. Honestly, you know when they crazier were first, things have been done. <laughs> yeah, when they were first coming out with like the nuclear wild west, right? When everyone was just, oh my god, we found out how to 
you know, split the atom. Yeah, split the atom, and then you know you create nuclear reactions. They were talking about nuclear powered airplanes and nuclear powered rockets, and it's a terrible idea. Yeah, this the, the airplane was like, yo, we could have a plane that flies forever, and the only problem is, in its uh, in its wake, it's just raining radiation. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, wait a second, maybe we shouldn't do this one. And then the other one, there was this one theory, not theory, just like a project they had going up for the space rocket that was basically uh, powered by nuclear. And so the theory behind this was launch a nuclear bomb behind it and blow it up and ride the shockwave. Hmm. I've and heard that as well. Theoretically, it would work if you just have to find a way to make sure the people inside don't get absolutely fried by radiation. Yeah. And your ship doesn't blow up. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Yeah. That, I mean, uh, technically, we probably could figure out how to do that. Crazy stuff has been done. Yeah. yeah we could probably do it. Yeah. If, if you had the money and the the manpower to be like, yes, we want to do this, we want to do it now, it could be done. It could be so we put, done. We put people on the moon. Yeah. Because someone said, like, we're going to do it. And we're like, yeah, we're going to do it. And we did it. <laughs> Bezos, we're looking right at you. <laughs> yeah, Bezos, if you're out there, let's see it. Put your money where your mouth is. Truly. Um, kind of going backwards to the the flight thing, I just had one more question. Sure. Like, when you're driving a car, like, and you're learning, your mm -hmm. first thing that you, everyone freaks out about is parallel parking. Yeah. What is the equivalent to everyone freaking out about parallel parking for flying? Everyone's like, this is the hardest part for everyone to grasp about flying. Landing. Landing. Landing is, I mean, it's a little different than parallel parking. But Obviously. I mean, in that feeling where, like, a skilled driver knows how to parallel park and knows right. how to do it well. And I guess it's different in that every pilot needs to know how to land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but every pilot isn't always very good at landing. Mm. There are people that can just kind of float it down and then the landing is a little jarring. Yeah, I've flown... Uh Frontier and, yep. e and, yep. and EasyJet. Yep, it's because those pilots probably have about the same hours as I do. Oh, but it's not what I want to hear. There are some pilots that you know their landings are a little rough, but there are some pilots that have more experience and more training and have some buttery smooth landings. Easy, the ones yeah. with all the crazy winds are landing them sideways first, <laughs> yeah. and drifting, like it, drifting in. it in. Yeah. So, so just like parallel parking is a skill that can be learned it's mm -hmm. the same for landing but when you start it's pretty yeah hard. i don't know it's just kind of more of a critical step you know it's a very, it's a <laughs> i very can give up on step. parallel parking and go yep. find a different spot yep but you can't really give up on the uh landing is there a key that they teach you like okay this like if you do this you're gonna nail it yeah they teach you a few things especially when you're learning it's all pretty much everyone flies like the same type of airplane but like landing in each something. plane is very different really you have to relearn how to land in a new mm -hmm. plane pretty much but the bigger the airplane gets the easier it gets to fly and to land because mm -hmm. there's way more modern systems in it that help you along the way. Mm -hmm. Are there specific airports that are easier to land at than others? Oh, for sure. Like if you have like a 10,000 foot runway, you can land anything right there. That's where you land okay. the space shuttle. <laughs> yeah. But if you're... You take your time coming down. You take you your time. Like quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And you have all this, you have miles of runway to just go as slow or fast as you want. You're still going to land fine. Mm -hmm. You have a short runway. And a, and a not very high performance airplane. <laughs> or a pretty scared scary. pilot. Pretty, yeah. Or, yeah, it could get pretty, pretty, uh, pretty hairy, yeah. pretty fast. The worst, uh, I've never landed a plane, but I've been a part of many landings. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I was once, when I was flying to Bali, we landed down in China, and I was flying on a, uh, a budget airlines called Chayman Airlines. 
And my buddy who'd been there many, many times, I showed him the tickets I got. He's like, dude, don't fly with them. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, it's terrible. The whole experience is terrible. The customer service is terrible. For a long flight like that, yeah, it really matters for, where you put your money. <laughs> like a 16-hour flight, something yeah. super long. And uh, But I was like, dude, it's $700 versus they're generally like $1,200. And he's like, I'm telling you, don't do it. I was like, come on, man. I can also survive. <laughs> and so I buy the tickets and go. And so Chainman Airlines is basically... It's just like the commuter for Chinese business. Mm -hmm. So pretty much everyone on there is Chinese business people just going place to place to place. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, so yeah, so no person on this entire plane spoke English the whole time. The only person who looks like me, I look like I got like a sore thumb. We're coming to land into Chaman at the end of this whole flight of me not talking to anyone ever. And we come in, da -da -da, we're going in, we're coming in. <laughs> And we go down. I was like, well, we're descending pretty quickly. It's like coming down like a 45 degree angle just coming in. I'm like, okay, maybe they do it a little differently here. You know? <laughs> you buckle in a little harder. Yeah, in, the guy next to me, he just like, totally just asleep. like asleep, not caring at all. I'm like, all right. And so we come down. He goes and pulls at the last second. Absolute boom. We like bounce. Yep. Like the plane goes like. <laughs> like, kind of like, kind of like off tilt a little. This way, comes back, boom, and lands and comes down. But it was absolutely the worst. I thought it was dead. I thought it was over. <laughs> and it was one of the ones that shook and like actually like neck whiplashes. <laughs> Dang. But um, is that seven hundred bucks, bro? Is that the one that had the the egg on it? Oh yeah, same flight, same exact uh, flight. You gotta tell them about the egg. The, the food's crazy too on this stuff too. Yeah. Um, but uh. <laughs> It was, and they gave you your food. Um, you know, like a lot of rice, a lot of like cooked chicken. Doesn't look super fresh, you know? It's airplane food, it's yeah. airplane food. Airplane cooked chicken, questionable. It's budget yes. airplane yeah, food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From China. Um, and so basically, you get our food, I'm starving. You know, I'm really hungry. And so you get this stuff, and like, I'm a really adventurous eater. I'll eat anything. I've gotten the name, the garbage disposal for many people. And so we get, I just eat my whole meal. Great, it's going well. And there's this one thing in the corner, and it's a hard-wheeled egg inside of, like, a vacuum-sealed pack. And it's literally green. Oh, man. Like, green. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, it's the one thing I, I, I don't eat on my plate. And there's this girl who's next to me, and she's going to town on her food. Just, I'm not, I'm Just going ham, and she's having a great time. And she eats her egg and goes, puts it in her mouth, like, literally. Was hers green, too? <laughs> yeah, hers is green, too. <laughs> she, But she throws the whole... Hard-boiled egg in her mouth at once. And she goes, the whole thing goes, oh. <laughs> and it's, it's holding and just chews it, right? And she just finished her food, and she looks over at me, like, looking at a, at mine. At right your there. egg. And she's like, because we can't, we can't talk she together. She points. Yeah, you're, you want to? I'm like, oh, yeah, you go on it. Go ahead and have it. <laughs> she grabs mine off my plate, opens up, and goes, <laughs> <laughs> crazy, man. Shocking. Crazy. No fear. No fear. No fear in green eggs. No fear. <clears throat> Jeez. But I will be flying Chayman again because it was cheap. And yeah. I survived. Shout out. <laughs> yeah. Chayman Airlines. Did you have a connection before you got into Bali? In, is that the one stop you had? Yeah. So both ways, I had a 12-hour layover in China. Mm. And uh, on the way back, we had a – well, in on the way back, I had a 12-hour layover with no money, no phone, no wallet, just a passport. Brutal. Because in Bali, we ended up getting all of our crap stolen. It was dumb, dumb mistake. I know we get some heat for this, but we made it pretty much had left our valuables in our scooter. You go there and rent little scooters. Right. 
and which has a lock on it, right? It has a total lock to take the key and everything. But we went surfing one morning and just parked in there, and we had our stuff with us because we were gonna get breakfast afterwards. And we came back up. It was like we're like, oh, let's grab our stuff. You know, we opened up the key and everything, and uh, it was gone. Everything. In <laughs> and it was just one of those things where you're kind of like thinking, like, did I actually bring my stuff? Look around, like, yeah. no, it got stolen. You kind of second you know? guess yourself. Yeah, and so luckily one of our buddies still had his – he was smart enough not to bring his wallet, so we still had one credit card. Nice. And so we were able to survive. But going home was where uh, one of our buddies had – basically we had friends there who had an iPad, and they let us borrow it for the trip, you know, to talk to our parents to give us some funds yeah. to, his, to his thing so we could pull out, you know. Right. We could survive that way. But when it came time for me, they were going to go on to Thailand and I had to go home to start my job. And when it came time to leave, all I had was $8, which is about like 100,000 rupa, which is their money. Yeah. But $8 worth, passport, and a book. And so I remember I was on the iPad, like, telling my parents, like, all right, guys, I'm going to head to the airport. Hope to see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys and, there. Uh, yeah. And then take about my homies. And so then went to the airport and... Yeah, I gave hugs to the friends. I was like, all right, I hope to see you guys again. Yep. <laughs> and I hop on this plane, same airlines, Chayman, going back. And uh, so I couldn't hop on the plane. First off, it's a long-ass flight, and I have no anything. You know how addicted we are to our phones. I'm just yep. completely here. And we landed for that 12-hour layover. And I go, I'm like, well, all right. I have some errands to run out of pen and some paper. And I was like, first thing, exchange my money, right? And so I go, I go to the, the currency exchange. And I walk up to the window, and of course, we're in deep China. Nobody speaks English, right? Mm-hmm. So I walk up. I'm like, "Hi, change money, like money." She's like, "Oh, come over here." I was like, "Okay." She's like, she saw those rupa. She knows she's dealt with people she, like me she before. Knows, you know? She works in airport currency. Exchange. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, and so I give it, and she's like, "Okay, like you know, like, give her my money." And then she's uh, like, "Oh, how much you want?" I'm like, "Exchange all of it," you know. She's like, "Okay." She goes, I handed her my money, like $8 worth of money. And she's like, oh, sorry. I'm like, what? She's like, not enough money. <laughs> oh, you don't have enough to <laughs> make a, tr- make yeah, a change. Yeah, the amount of money it costed to exchange money was more than I had. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be a longer day than I thought. Because I didn't have any food, no nothing, eight bucks. And so then I was like, all right, well, check that off the box of things to do. To <laughs> exchange money, not going to happen. And so then I was going to go and see if I could find the lounge area for the layover. So it's a super long flight. And so I go and Chainman Airlines, shout out. They have like a little lounge for people on their layovers. Sweet. And I go in there and check in there and everything. I can go in and sit down. And they had these uh, recliner chairs that kind of look like pool chairs. Mm. So, you know, like you lay back, but it's kind of made out of plastic basically. So you can't really recline it or do it anymore. So you kind of lay in it and it's like the contour. It goes like up down then back up so if you're landing like kind of your feet up kind of bent a little at the knees and the only problem though is this is meant for smaller people mm. probably five three five four five five and so i land this thing and the bend is like exactly my back <laughs> like i don't even fit into it and so i decided to just lay down it like in some weird way and i was like kind of get comfortable in some way and i was like crap i'm really really hungry and so like i go up to the desk and ask for like food you know and like, oh yeah, we got here's food <laughs> for, like, money. Yeah. <laughs> for money. And uh, but luckily you it was don't com- have <laughs> it was complimentary, and all they had in there some knockoff Coca Cola, okay, coffee, and saltine crackers. 
Oh man, I thought you were gonna say green eggs. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be green eggs. No green eggs. And so uh, for the next twelve hours, I probably down probably about three Coca Colas, three coffees, and probably like ten packets of crackers. <laughs> <laughs> and I go back, and I'm just laying in the chair, like going in and out of consciousness, basically. Yep. But when I go up to uh, get some more, and I come back, and there's this little girl in my chair, because there's only so many of these too, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a dog eat dog world because everyone's trying to get the chair. Because right. everyone's these long layovers, and there's probably like six of these in this place. Oof. And so I go over, and there's this little Chinese girl in my chair, and I'm like, oh, crap, how do I deal with this? <laughs> and I kind of luckily her dad was there, and I was like, this is my chair, you know? Gets her up and goes, but then they just see me hop back in this thing in like a weird way. <laughs> um, with your saltines. And- yeah, my, like, I have like, and I don't even throw them away. I have like just some lined up next to me. <laughs> the buckets but, um, and everything. Yeah, I'm sure you looked like such an American. Oh, dude, airport. and I was in Bali for two weeks, and like my, my hair is all crazy. Oh, I have like yeah, a beard yeah. going. I, I look, yeah, it was. But I did make it home. I made it here today, and thank God. Tell a story. Yeah, I've got similar travel stories. When I went there, I went to Bali in junior, junior year of high school, uh-huh. like over winter break. Me and my sister flew out and met my mom and little sister. Out Where'd there. you guys go? Uh, we stayed in Sonur. Mm-hmm. It's like the bottom. Or like southwest, southeast corner. Yeah, of yeah, it. yeah. There's like Denpasar, the airport, uh-huh. and then like just above it and on the coast is Sonor. It's like a like Kuta and Changu, around there. Yeah, I don't know Bali that well, but I, it's, fair. it's around there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. I know Between it's not in China somewhere. Yeah, I know it's not that far from Denpasar. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we did like trips to Uluwatu and yeah. the Abud Monkey Forest and all that stuff. Um, but the trip there is pretty similar to what yours was. Me and my sister had a layover in Taipei, Taiwan. And just like you were saying, it the whole airport is meant for smaller people. Yeah. Because <laughs> we got off the plane. And, I mean, we're both, like, about the same height. But I saw – I walked in. You would scrape your head on all the way all, – <laughs> all of the roof, all of the ceilings. Because I got off the airport – or off the plane and was walking, like, through between gates and felt like I had to duck the whole time. I was like, this is not normal. Not normal for me, anyway. Just very different. Um, and then same kind of deal with money, trying to trying to buy food and stuff. Luckily in Taipei, at the airport at least they accepted the U.S. dollar, mm-hmm. so we were like, oh nice. Score. We were like, oh god, how do we? How, what are we gonna do for money? Like we, all we have is like twenty bucks in cash. Mm-hmm. What do we have to go find currency exchanges? <laughs> and then at airports the exchange rate is crazy high, so we were like, oh, but we don't really want to do that. Luckily though we found a Starbucks and we were like, sure. all right, sick. U.S. dollars. <laughs> Let's go. Um, caramel frap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We got those breakfast sandwich things and some hot chocolates. It was great. I'm always so scared of currency exchange stuff because if they know you're American, you're like way more likely to get ripped off. When I was in Serbia, if you basically, my girlfriend is Serbian mm-hmm. and we went there and she's like, all right, you don't talk. Like, don't, <laughs> don't say, say one word. word. <laughs> like, we need them to think because they're also white. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I could be Serbian if like, you could pass like until I could, you it's like maybe mouth. like I was like immigrated there or something and my parents did and I was born there. But she's like, if we're in the taxi, do not speak or we're going to get charged like triple because they they like hear English and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to fuck this guy over. Like <laughs> he's like he's getting charged triple and same with currency exchange. She's like, all right, you go stay behind this corner. I'm going to go into the currency exchange and get money because they won't know that you're American. Brutal. 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 Yeah. That could have been happening stories. to you, and you just didn't even know. No, probably was happening to me left she and right. Probably, yeah. She probably said, oh, $8 is plenty, but 
This yeah. guy is so American that I'm just mm-hmm. not even going to deal with him. That was the nice thing, though, I guess, about Bali, which is because it's so cheap there, which made it so ideal. Because I go in there, I only had a certain amount of money, and I came, I pretty much went there and spent all my money, you know, mm-hmm. which wasn't that much money to start with. But I could see myself going back there and buying like a little place just because you can get massages for like $8. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you live a life getting a massage the rest of your life, it's a good life. It's yeah. a good life. It's the same in Serbia. They're like one Serbian dinar is like one one hundredth of one U.S. penny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. It is a very different thing. Her her sister has like a penthouse apartment with her husband, mm-hmm. and I was walking through this thing. It's insanely beautiful, like l- overlooking downtown Belgrade. And I was like, oh, like like how much do you pay for this? You don't mind me asking? Like, oh, like I think it's like four hundred U.S. dollars a month. I was like. What? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, I'm paying nine hundred dollars for one room like, in San Jose. I pay on my car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's terrible. But yeah, I mean, you're fortunate to have business here. Yeah, that was something because I mean, that was my first time ever leaving the country. Was going to Bali, well, China first, I guess. But going to Bali, airports don't count. You didn't go to China. <laughs> I sure felt like China. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, basically. We are their business going there. Tourism. Yeah, Tourism. you know what I mean? Yeah. 100% of where their entire way is just services, mm-hmm. serving us because we have money. Of where here, if you wanted to go out and get a job, you probably could find something to get paid for, which would be way more. I mean, we have minimum wage here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Of where we actually have an infrastructure to where if you really wanted to work hard, you could actually climb the ladder, you know? But there is, there's no ladder anywhere to climb, you know? There's no social infrastructure whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Just a lot of poverty. They only have running water. Yeah. I mean, it's the same survey. There's no such thing as unemployment. There's no such thing as like a homeless shelter. It's like if you have no money, you are completely on your own. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely no help from the government whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have a place to stay, no one's going to shelter you. You're sleeping on the street. Yeah. Yeah. There are parts that are more developed, but like mm-hmm. as a country, I mean, yeah, it's not comparable to where we live at yeah. all. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to say the whole place is, you know, like no social structure because there are cities and there are totally. developed areas. But all in all, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Social structure more is in like benefits from the government to help people without something. Sure, it's like yeah. you can help the government and you can work and we'll pay you. But social, social services. Yeah, yeah there's no. Very, so, yeah, no social services. It's whatsoever. just a very different government. Mm-hmm. And too, I mean, the pollution there was so sad to see. There were a couple of times we went out and surfed some spots that just there was just floating trash and bottles in there, yep. especially around like Kuta, the city. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, like when that, I dude, remember that a few places gnarly. surfing, yeah. and and yeah, they were. I mean, they the locals were telling us like two days ago there's no trash. It was beautiful, and then something with the way the currents were that day, there was just all this trash, like right in the break. Mm-hmm. You were like swimming past plastic bottles, mm-hmm. and that was yeah, it's hard to see because you picture Bali, it's like this you know, yeah. paradise. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's hard to see it that, that way sometimes. Also, you know, it's hard to see everything there is really cheap, but tequila, so expensive. Oh, they'll really? Ch- they'll charge we, you a lot. Well, for it's because think of how the shipping routes from to get to Mexico to Bali. It's not like a direct shipping Yeah, but they route. can't make it there themselves. Well, tequila comes from Corn. tequila, Mexico. Right? Isn't that have to come from? No. No, that's that's champagne. That's champagne in France. Yeah. Champagne. You telling me I can make tequila here and call it tequila? Absolutely. If you have the what? refinery and agave. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Well then, what, what about uh, 
Well, here, we'll come back to this. But basically, we bought a <laughs> bottle of Jose Cuervo. Sure. A fifth of Jose Cuervo for $70 in Uluwatu. 70 yeah. US dollars? 70 US Why? dollars. Why? You're in a country where you could buy well, anything it was for just, I mean, less. I was, with, I was with Jake and Kendall. Uh-huh. And we had a uh, religion of tequila. Mm-hmm. And we had to do it for the adventure of what we mm-hmm. made it this yeah. far. I had to drink a fifth in Bali. Like, exactly. It was just on the agenda. You couldn't drink a fifth of something else? <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't know if we had eight dollars. <laughs> yes. There's something called passion. You guys wouldn't understand. So travel tips from Raiden. Take Budget the cheap flight. Don't eat the egg. Yeah. Don't eat the egg. Save your money for the tequila. Mm-hmm. And uh, call it a day. Oh, and don't lock your stuff in your scooter. Yeah, that's, yeah don't do that. That's a big hey, one. But the thing is, I didn't obviously in the moment. We're just like, oh my god, like. We're not gonna make it home. <laughs> like that one moment, you're like, yeah, where you have a moment of crisis and you're like, oh, like, and thank no. God I didn't have my passport in there. True. I'd still yep. be, I'd probably You'd still, still be there. there. You'd yeah. still be there for <laughs> sure. And we'd have no way to contact you. <laughs> um, but uh, you're allowed to make every mistake once, and that is the first. And you time made six of them. <laughs> six compiled into one moment. Yes. And so never gonna happen again. And that's why I walk around with a chain, you know, outside of my pocket. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I just have a mustache now. That's true. That's that true. is an update that we forgot to cover. That's brain, true. brain sporting a mustache because you got a job. Yeah, with, a, lot, uh, a lot's going on. Yeah, and now, Phil, let people know what's going on. I now represent a mustache, and it's been going great. It's a great relationship. All the bros, the guys, everyone compliments me on this. All the girls, not so much, but I'm starting to learn <laughs> about the culture of the mustache. It is interesting how polarizing a mustache can be exactly. between the male and female yeah. demographic. I realize that it is something that you do for the dudes. Mm-hmm. I've gotten so many compliments from dudes. And I think I've gotten one compliment from a random girl. But that doesn't matter. It matters is the dudes. It's for the dudes. <laughs> it's for the boys. And then yeah. even too now, I'm like, I get it now. If I see some dude with a mustache, I'm like, dude, nice stash. And he's like, thanks, bro. You go, hey, I see you working over there. Like, respect. Yeah. yeah. Also, my hair is longer than ever. Here, I'll show you guys. I can now poof it up to the point where it's about... It's hard for me to do this with my headphones on. But long story short, I really let myself go. <laughs> <laughs> I've gained the COVID-19. COVID-19 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> I need to get a haircut really bad. I haven't shaved. Um, yeah, other than that, we're going great. Things are going great. Wait, but you, you're sporting the mustache because of everybody you work with, right? Yeah, definitely working blue-collar yeah. job, uh, Diablo, union employee. So Youngest, youngest guy on the squad. you got to tell everybody that you can sport a mustache, too. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice thing having it show me that I'm a little bit older. It kind of, without the mustache, it looks like a little boy out there. But I rocked the mustache. Someone thought I was 32 the other day. <laughs> oh, is that good? I don't know. That's good. <laughs> take, it, take it as you will. <laughs> yeah, take it as you will. But mustache. It's undeniable. If there's anyone out there who's thinking about growing a mustache, I highly recommend it. For the boys. Do it for the if boys. If you have a girl in your life and she says no, do it anyway. That's really going to test your love. Yeah, I, I Shout tried out to that. My it, didn't go, it didn't go well. <laughs> she supports me. You tried? <laughs> tried and it was a, it was a no-go. <laughs> also, the commitment it takes just to spend the time to grow it out is... <laughs> Is All extreme. Extra effort you need to put it it is, well, but it's like it's not like something that just shows up. Yeah, it doesn't just show up. You really got to craft it and work with it and get it to go just look at where it. you want. Sing to it every night. Look at it in the mirror. 
Yeah. And there's all kinds of oils and stuff you can put on it. Yeah, precisely. Someone wanna. But yeah, it's funny. Me and my roommate. Shout out to Bobby. Bobby right now is fighting the fires up in Monterey County. They fought the Big Sur fire. He's on the National Forest Service Crew Seven. Shout out to all those guys. You guys are really making yeah, a difference right now. Yeah, huge shout out to all those guys keeping everyone safe. Yeah, right he now. woke he woke me up on what was it Saturday or Friday? Or Saturday morning, like four thirty a.m. He's like, "Yo, bro, we just got called into a fire." This was like after I was just watching that lightning storm, like the night before, and I was like, "Woke up," and he's like, "He's like, yo, I gotta go. We just got called in. I don't know when the next time is gonna see you." He said, "We're going on like twenty four day rolls," and I was like, "All right, Bobby, good luck out there. Hope to see you again." <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen Bobby recently, but he's oh, I've seen Bobby. so he's fit right very now. strong. He's a physical specimen right now. Yeah. And before, but right now, because he's being paid to work out yeah, they all just, the time. Yeah, they go ham. Um, but yeah, I just hope they're doing all good. It's crazy that, I mean, I guess this part of fire season might be over for a bit because everything's going to be burned, sadly. Yeah. True. It's crazy. I was driving for our two-year anniversary through Big Sur, and we went to Nepenthe for dinner. Was that and on Sunday or Monday? Or that was like on that? Sunday. Like and then um, we came back down, and the next day they're fighting a fire like right outside of Nepenthe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That whole that, coastline is, mm-hmm. is it, really it, good. What was crazy is we were there, we got our food, and literally right after we got our food, the guy came back to us and said, Hey, the power just went out. Like, you can't order anything else. And they told everyone to go home who hadn't ordered food. Mm-hmm. And they're like, We can't process your transaction. You're going to have to just, like, give us a card. And the guy at the table next to us only had his Apple card and his phone was dead. Mm. So you can't get the card number. And they didn't have any electricity to charge his phone. Right. And so they're like, I guess you just got to go. And he's like, <laughs> I mean, they finished their meal and, like, they didn't have to pay because, like, the Apple card obviously doesn't have any numbers on it. Uh, you have to get him your phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, uh, but they turned off, PG&E turned it off for all the fires because we drove into Monterey and there was mm-hmm. no stoplights. Like, the stoplights, they weren't even flashing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were just They off. just cut the grid. So, yeah, because... Yeah we were using so much power to cool ourselves off from the heat mm-hmm. that we were like about to overload the grid or something. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing about that is so people are blaming PG&E for it, but it's not actually PG&E. It's California ISO, which is basically, mm-hmm. that's like the governing body of the grid. Mm-hmm. Like PG&E is a distributor. They own the tower and stuff like that, but they're the people who are actually making the decisions saying, yo, we need to turn off some things around there, which is just kind of an interesting aspect of it. I didn't even know California ISO was a thing. Yeah. Tied in with the government, yeah, right. you know, its purpose is to right. regulate. Gotcha. I I have yet to actually have a power outage in my life, really, in my house because any place that I've lived either hasn't had one, and my home where I grew up is close to really really close to French Hospital, and so it was built on the same power grid, mm-hmm. and so obviously the hospital can't have their power go out, so they're really reinforced, and then their generators kick on, and our house always has power. So we've actually never, I've actually never seen a power outage. Never experienced one. Mm-mm. Dude, it happens at my house. All the oh, time. really? Really? I've had a few. Yeah. I mean, recently there was one, like, I think a tree landed on one of the power lines. Don't do it. Between <laughs> mm-hmm. like the whatever power plant and like my neighborhood. There was just like maybe six blocks wow. where the whole, I think there was like a tree that landed on the line and then the transformer below it blew. So the mm. fire trucks came. The neighbors were like, hey, do you have power? And we were like, uh, oh, no, I guess not. It was the middle of the day, so it didn't really matter. But we were like, what is going on? I just remember hearing these like three successive booms, like really big bangs because the Transformer was yeah. just... Transformers are no joke. The Transformer was blowing. Yeah, that's crazy. And I've seen videos yeah, of those in, like, things going. In like two seconds, the fire department was there. The like city vehicles were there. Like This could get bad. But 
It was all good. Yeah, it's insane if you think of electricity of how integral it is in your life and Dude, how little electricity mm. is black magic and you cannot convince me otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> it is straight just black booty. magic. I mean, if you think about it, it's literally just electrons moving around and we our phones use them. I've even talked to like electricians and they're like it I yeah, it is black magic. I I do this for a living, but it's black magic. Yeah, and have you ever put your tongue on like a nine volt battery or something? You ever done that? Where yeah. Yeah, where you kind of feel like that? Shouldn't, but you, I've done it. Try to describe that. What is that? You're just getting electrocuted? You, you ever, know what I mean? You ever been electrocuted? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been too. electrocuted a couple times. It's not, it's not sick. Yeah. Um, I was talking to this electrician guy, and he was basically saying, because he's been shocked by all sorts of mm-hmm. different levels of electricity, you know, where there's basically like if you get 120, which is what your, uh, your outlets is, are yeah. in your house, and that... That'll hurt. Have you ever done that? Oh, I've, I've, things. I've electrocuted myself. Of like, I was pulling a plug out and Same. I accidentally touched my finger to Same. one of the metal leads mm-hmm. while it was still in as I was pulling it out. I was like, mm. Same. Yeah. And too, I mean, if, you, if you're holding something and it does it, it can make you stay hanging onto it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he's like, yeah, obviously that hurts. And if you go up to a 240, which is kind of what your washer and dryer run on, mm-hmm. that's where like, that'll freak you out a little bit. You know, you'll, yeah. get, you'll get pretty hit with it. But he said, I've, he's dealt with some things that are 480. This is someone you work with? Uh, yeah, someone I work with. And there's basically this four weight, there's 480, which is now double that one. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's the point where you grab it and it makes your body feel hot. Like it heats you up. Yeah. Whack. Just, Scary. <laughs> right? And he's like, that is really when you start to understand like how much energy is going through these, like what, it's literally energy. Energy like the, is like, passing straight through. Exactly. Yeah. And turning into thermal energy as if, if a fire were burning. That's pretty much. That was one of the ones I was like, ah, I don't really want to. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to feel that feeling you just described. I wonder what a taser is. Like, I've tasered myself, but. I bet you they're like 120, maybe. You know? Like, like you know one, the ones you one, can buy? 120 yeah. is enough to, like, make you jump, but not, like, seriously start hurting you. Yeah. Like, I mean, we could. But I'm trying to take I've, down I've, assailants, you know? Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I've felt a taser before. If we want after this, you know, we could plug some things in the wall and grab them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, you have a fork around here? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, my, mine was similar. I had my thumb on the grounding plug of like a, mm-hmm. I think it was a uh, sander. I was in a wood shop at, at some mm-hmm. Santa's High. And I pulled it out of the overhead plug mm-hmm. and my thumb was still on the grounding grounding wire mm-hmm. and it just went down my arm, like <laughs> oh. it was over my head. So it went down my arm and like past my chest and down a leg. And I was like, whoa. Great, right black. through your heart. <laughs> it, it went right through my chest and I was like, that was pretty crazy that probably wasn't but good like, i could feel it at each at each point in my body going, going through. it was pretty crazy that's insane when i was younger i basically uh, just extended the grounding wire yeah, <laughs> yeah. made it me that's exactly what it, that's what you don't want you know yeah. you don't want to be the circuit uh but when i was younger i think i was probably five or six seven you know hanging out my uh, dad was vacuuming i'm just doing my thing you know i had some change like a dime oh yeah just playing around have a so rich i have 10 cents blah, 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 blah. boom so my dad's vacuuming and basically i have a dime and i see a socket it looks just like where you'd put a coin <laughs> into <laughs> to get something out you know and so curious mind i go over to it and i just so i don't remember this this is my dad just telling me what happened basically i go and i shove it into the socket between where the vacuum's plugged in and so there's like a little space right there and I just push it down into it. Oh, and yeah. so it touches the prongs together and like <clears> I have my hand on it and it absolutely just sparks. Just 
Yep. Like explodes in my face. I get zapped, of course, after which I'm like crying and screaming. Like first time I've ever been dealt with that, you know? Yeah. And uh, afterwards, though, he still has a dime. The dime has got welded to the, uh, the prongs. To the prongs of the vacuum? Yeah, and it's still no connected. Way. He still has it. Dang, that's yeah. cool. But uh, that was my first time being Yeah, be careful, kid. kids. Don't play with uh, stuff in outlets. <laughs> yeah, this is a disclaimer. Do not try that at home. You are why they have child-proofing for houses. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, those little plastic covers. It was that yeah. case. It was the Braden socket case. Went all the way up to Supreme Courts. <laughs> State of California versus Braden's family. <laughs> I don't think I ever did anything with electricity as a kid. I was mostly mayhem with water. I told my parents that I was going to wash the car, and they thought I was going to go spray it down with the hose. But instead, I just put the what? hose on full blast and put it through the window <laughs> and just filled the car up with water. And my dad comes out, the, there was like water pouring out the bottom of the doors. And he's like, what's going on here? And I was like, I'm washing the car. And he's like, holy, he turns off the water. And like oh, They're like man. bucketing water out of the car. You're sitting in the driver's seat, spraying the inside of the windshield. <laughs> no, it was, literally, I just put the hose through it. the window and just left it. You're like, I'm filling it up, dad. <laughs> I told them I was washing the car. I'm going to wash the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to wash the inside, the outside. They weren't oh, happy. Man. Seems like a great idea. But like, they also weren't that mad because they were like, oh, he was just trying to be helpful. Like, this is really not helpful at all. Right. But he was, How his heart was in something wrong with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you discipline that? No, yeah. Like, yeah. No one explained to me that you can't wash the inside of the car with water. Yeah. You wash everything else yeah, with water. Yeah, those things that's just tribal knowledge. Nobody's mm-hmm. ever told me not to. Yeah. I just learned... Nobody I see you washing the dishes with water. I see you washing the outside of the car with water. Why are you not just washing the inside? <laughs> I do need to clean my car. Would you clean my car today? Yeah, I'll just put Be the hose out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I actually hit a bird the other day. Mm. So sad. That's the saddest thing. The first time I've ever done that. It's never happened to me before. I, well, let me reframe it in a better way. A bird hit my windshield while I was driving. I didn't, oh, I didn't go oh. for the bird or anything. You know, it was just I was just driving on the highway and it hit off. But the ironic thing was... Five minutes before that, I had literally just cleaned my car and my windshield. <laughs> oh, no. I literally just sprayed down everything. And then five minutes after that, I left, and I was just driving on the highway, and all of a sudden, out of the door, it kind of caught the corner of my eye. I was just listening to some music, just jamming, mm-hmm. just going. It was Friday. I was stoked, off work. And all of a sudden, something catches my eyes. It's coming towards me. And, it's just, <laughs> and then it was game over for the bird. Yeah, it was game over for the bird. I'm alarmed more birds aren't hit by cars. Like, I have some really close encounters on a regular basis. Really? Oh, yeah. Every time you drive through Morro Bay by the rock, like, seagulls are, like, <laughs> oh, standing in front of your car. Like, you're going, like, 25, 30, and they, what like... What do you mean, like, running over birds? Or them, like, or flying in the into your windshield. Yeah. I've run over, like, two pigeons before. Mm-hmm. That is really <laughs> disheartening because they explode in feathers. Mm-hmm. Like, cause yeah. their natural reaction is, like, when they're yeah, getting attacked they're by a, a predator is, like... Poof. Oh, yeah. that's like, why. Yeah, they explode and fe- and feathers. I think. Yeah, mine definitely exploded. Just yeah. carnage. Yeah, it's but brutal. speaking of exploding feathers, this is very off topic. But have you seen the video of the baseball pitcher that hits a bird? Yeah, yeah that's I've seen that. that's nuts. Like that's Randy one of the million. Somebody just explodes a bird. Yeah, that's like bird. Go home. You're drunk. Why are you in the baseball field? Right, what are the odds? One of in a that? million chances. Oh, yeah, one yeah. in ten billion chances. Well, hey, to offer our viewers a little more light of a subject, let's talk about birds thriving. Yeah, yeah. You and we'll I, flip, flip well, that was you head. the other day when we saw that bait ball. Yep. Yeah. The, the bait ball's back. Mm-hmm. Bait balls thousands, back. thousands and thousands and thousands of birds. We were at Pismo surfing, and it was like where the horizon's black from them. Mm-hmm. Flying around and swarming. We're like, all right, there was 
A lot of fish in this water. A lot of activity. Where, where there are birds, there's going to be a lot of stuff under the water. Yeah, because they're just eating up all those fish. It's the time of the year. This is when all like the waters start getting a little warmer and some more fish come here. It's a very like apocalyptic kind of scene <laughs> too because there's smoke everywhere. Oh yeah. If you're on True. the central coast right now, you know, but all this smoke is like. It felt like a, a scene from the birds. Never, never seen the birds? Oh, yeah. I've never seen it, but oh, I know the reference. Never seen it. You got to watch that movie. Yeah. It's crazy. Never look at a bird the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's one of those ones that's swarming around. So that means there's a bunch of fish in the water right now. And so when there's fish, there's birds jumping in the water. If there's birds frenzing in the water, there's a lot of blood. If there's a lot of blood, there's a lot of bigger fish eating the other fish. And if there's a lot of bigger fish eating other fish, there's a lot of dolphins and sharks. <laughs> there we the go. Shark We're activity has down. been off the charts recently. Yeah. Um, last week, when I surfed the uh, sand spit again, mm-hmm. some kid saw a shark right next to me. I didn't see it. He's like, yo, 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 yo. Yo, 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 move. He's like, yo, yo, dude, I just saw a shark. I was like, yeah, where? He's like, dude, right next to you. And I was like, okay. Cool. <laughs> Great doing business with you. I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when you get I spooked. actually refuse to serve at sand spit for the next foreseeable month oh. and a half, two months. I was like, it's good enough everywhere else. Like, I know it's better there right now, but... There's been so much activity recently because I was I got just barked at, at a seal, by a seal the other day. At Sandspit? At Sandspit. It barked like right at me. Oh, you it was were loud, there. yeah. It was loud. I thought it was barking at me. I thought it was behind me and I thought I was about to die. And then I look over <laughs> no. and it's right behind him. <laughs> yeah. They're like, it's just so much activity. Not even like shark, but just general. Just general when, activity. Every time. Braden, when you and I were out, we had basically the largest dolphin I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like huge dolphin. I didn't even know they got this big. Fucking Larger like, than shampoo. Yeah, this is a this is like a huge off and like out of the corner of my eye, I see it jumping out of the water like probably ten feet from us and land about two feet from Braden and go <laughs> underneath us, like full body out of the water, and I turn and I just see this huge creature this in the giant. air. I was like, I'm dead, I'm so dead. This is I'm dead, this <laughs> no, is we, it. No, we were sitting there because they we could see them all in its shadow and yeah. going, Oh, oh yeah, dude, it was nuts. You could see them all hanging out over there because they're all like swimming in the water. It's kind of like a rip right there. And mm-hmm. you could see them. Like going on water, hanging out. Like, okay, cool. Dolphins. Nothing new. Right. I see dolphins there every, every time. single right. time. Yeah, every right. single time. Yeah. yeah. And they're all hanging out. And like, okay, so I'm turned, start moving towards us. Like, okay, they're coming towards us. Just hang tight, you know? And then right when there was when it just launched. It was probably 15 feet away from me, verted probably like seven feet in the air. Just, it was up there. And it, it splashed huge. right next to me to where I got pushed. You got pushed by I got the wake. Pushed by the wake. <laughs> And then that was where it was like, oh. We were tripping. Yeah, that's pretty jarring. That's yeah. <laughs> but on the sand spit hype, though, I was there last night. Epic. Like 10 out of 10, where it was about probably like five, six feet. Perfect glass. And you could just see them rolling in. And there's. Yeah, your bueno was insane yesterday as well. Really? Yeah, it was so glassy and nice. Perfect. A little smaller, definitely, but very fun. That's I know. No sharks will get us. Hasn't got us yet. Bro, the la- not the last time I was out there with you, but the time before that I was out there, that's when I saw the shark out there. This is true. That was not fun. This is yeah. true. A lot of activity going on. A lot of activity. Well, on a more happy note, Jake, yes. we know you love reading, and we always talk to our <laughs> oh, guests. Yes. Oh, yes. We always ask everyone who's been on the show about what their favorite book is, and uh, you're now a great you're guy. We imagine you've got some great books. Yeah, well... I got so many books, I can't even name them all. But one one of my favorites, actually, is uh, it's by Garth Stein. It's called The Art of Racing in the Rain. 
Mm. There's a movie about it now, I think. I think it came out semi-recently, but the book is phenomenal. It's a, it's like a good, feel-good story about um, this guy who's a race car driver and his dog. But this whole story is told from the dog's point of view. It's a good, it's a cool spin on like a, kind of like a Marley and Me story, mm-hmm. but told from the dog's point of view. It's a really, really well done book. Ten out of ten, recommend it. Is it one of those ones gonna make me cry? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. Tread lightly. Tread lightly, but very enjoyable book, and it's a really great story. Amazing. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with us, Jake. It's Jake. Been a, it's yeah, been a pleasure. Let's do it again. Yeah. Yeah, and hey, we're back. Sorry for the hiatus. Um, season two. Season here two. Come. Here we are. Let's go. This is Slow Pod.